The Slow TV Podcast with Tim Brevett. This is the second part of an interview with Thomas Hellam and Runa Merklepust, two of the creators and producers of Slow TV from NRK Hordaland in Bergen, Norway. We are in one of the social areas on board a moored Hurtigruten ferry several hours before it departs on its journey up north to Kirkenes. It was recorded in August 2014. There are some technical difficulties in relaying the images. Tell us again about this on film, about getting the connections to the satellite. You had to do some pre-production with setting up so that you could relay the signal. When or challenges. <laughs> challenges. Of course. Small challenges. <laughs> we decided that the Hürtgeruten, we wanted to do it live. The Bergen Railway was not live, that was recorded. We wanted Hürtgeruten live. We wanted people to, to participate and to know that we were there. So we wanted to transmit live from a ship. But the ship constantly moved, so it has to be gyro-stabilized. And in a country like Norway, with high mountains, this satellite on the ship won't uh, see the satellite all the time. So it will, we will have, we knew that we will have breaks in the signal. So then we decided to do a recording of the whole trip, five and a half days, we did that two weeks before, and then we took that recording, moved to our main control in Oslo. So when we started on our trip, they started a tape rolling in the master control, which was at the exact same position that we were at each time. So when they, uh, when we lost the signal, they just cut to a pre-recorded journey, of course without the flags and people and different weather and everything but all the way it's they could cut to another picture at the same place and tell we have lost the signal from the Hürtgeruten this is a recorded signal please be patient and wait for the signal and I, I guess that also was kind of exciting for the viewers wow they lost the signals when will it be back and people discussed in Twitter and, and so on so didn't it was not a technical failure, it was a technical... It was part of the program, actually. Do you have any personal highlights of being involved in Minute for Minute, either as a, the overall progression of projects or particular memories which stand out from along the way, which uh, you, like, you'll forever remember and sort of feel special to you? For me, Hürtgeruten, uh, I think, will always be special because it was... It was the first big one. It was so overwhelming. And one special moment was that we have this song. It's a special song for Hürtgeruten. And the songwriter, she's called Kari Bremnes. She had just recorded a new version of this song. And she watched up from her studio and she saw the program on air, getting close to her child town. And she and her husband tried many ways to contact us with phones and mails and everything and finally got to got us a, a copy of the new recorded version via our region office in up north we got it on board and just as we as we sailed towards her child town we played that song for the first time 
and the rainbow came up just in distance. So that was totally magic pictures with a magic sound and in the control room there was totally silence. You could hear a needle fall. That was just magic. Yes. Biggest moment, I think. And if I can add once more, it's it's from it's last summer when we rented our own ship, went for seven weeks up and down the coast, and we were kind of uh, excited. Will people show up once again, or was Hörterrütten a one-off? Or when you saw that hundreds of boats following us, and when you look out the window, and you think about that each person in that boat has stood up in the morning, has made a lunchbox, has bought petrol for the engine, has walked down to the boat, has made so great effort to take part in the program. And when you watch out and you see 300 boats like that, it's, uh, it's touching and it's quite, yes, amazing. Thank you. Runa, same question for you. <laughs> the same answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, the uh, premiere of the, of the song, uh, just close to Svolvach in the Lofoten, uh, yeah, did this live um, music video that was just uh, incredible. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of memories, there's a lot of moments. I remember sitting in my living room the night the railway program was on. Um, just experiencing the whole, all the uh, reactions and everybody who talked about it, um, all the messages and everything. That was uh, that was very special. I can remember that very well. And then the Hurtigruten is of course the, the biggest one, uh, and uh, there's a lot of small stories and s small uh, big memories um, along. And if I should mention another one than uh, this song, it would be um, when we actually got a tip from one of our viewers in Denmark who wrote to us via the customer service of NRK, which is not, there's no social media traditional form of contacting us, via the customer service and got um, a short email. Do you know that the Royal Yacht is in Northern Norway? I just said that. And we checked out, no, we don't know that. <laughs> Is it here? We looked at our computers and the ship's computers, and no, couldn't see it. So um, I phoned up the, uh, the, royal, the uh, royal Castle in Oslo. I asked them, Is the Royal Yacht here? Uh, this is from NRK2, uh, the Hurtigruten program, just sailing on the screen right now. Uh, we've just heard the, uh, the Royal Yacht is somewhere around. Can you confirm this? No, no, can I confirm? Cannot confirm, nor deny, nothing, just no comment. And then a couple of hours later, I got a phone call from a royal reporter at the uh, main news program, saying, yeah, "You have to call. You have to call the uh, people at the castle right away, as soon as you can." And I phoned, phoned her back and uh, said, "Oh, finally, I got hold of you again." <laughs> Uh, yes, the Royal Yacht is in your area, <laughs> and it will be, uh, you will pass it tomorrow morning at just quarter past nine, just before the end 
important to Kekines. Uh, I will be on your right hand side, and uh, Queen of Norway, Queen Sonia, will be standing there waving. And I'm just, <laughs> what just happened? Um, and uh, I told Thomas, and I think we told one or two more. One or two people more. Uh, no. Just, but not the team, not the photographers, not uh, uh, not the press, not the press. There was a lot of journalists on board the ship um, at that time because we got so popular. This was uh, this was uh, the last day, uh, so we didn't tell anybody, and we didn't we didn't tell it ourselves either because this was just going to happen as everything else along the way. And so it just and that's important because we don't want it. We don't wanted it to be staged. We wanted it to. To be the same way as, uh, as the guy in his boat, just passing. And it was, although we knew it some hours before, which we actually did with a lot of uh, things happening. Uh, the Air Force coming, a couple of planes. Um, so we, we knew that in advance, as we did with this one. And so it just, it just happened, and we just sailed by. It was so well produced, and with some great music, on. That was just a magical moment, uh, just before the end. The Queen was just before Kirkness, which was the last. So, yeah. it, it, in some ways, it almost added a, a kind of a crescendo, a high point towards the end of the journey. Yeah, it was some, <laughs> in some way the uh, the only thing that this program didn't have that was the, the royal family, and, and, and it was. And she came. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, yeah, just a perfect perfect end. To the story, and of course, because it, it happened just a, a Tuesday, no, Wednesday morning, uh, quarter past nine in the morning, when <laughs> normally nobody watches TV, and especially not NRK2. Uh, At this time, of the hundreds of thousands of people watching this it was in every working yeah, place. All yeah. So there's a lot of people. There was a lot of people crying. Yeah. So you've got people tuning in at work as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. The Prime Minister was sitting there in, uh, in his office uh, Sunday morning watching Hürtegruten. I don't think people worked by no. <laughs> no, They were watching. They were just uh, totally addicted. And so strange being on the boat, having not experienced that, then coming out of the boat, the program was over. That was just a very, very strange feeling that I also remember. Yeah. Sitting, sitting on the bus, leaving the boat in the last harbour. Sitting on a bus a couple of hours after getting a, this huge amount of newspapers. Wow, what have we made? Because we have been in a bubble for yeah. five, six days without knowing about all the things that happen out there. So re uh, revealing that afterwards was, was also a, a great experience, of course. First, we need to ask about future plans and where you hope Slowbeat TV to. Well, where to take it in the future? I would say that the Bergen Railway and the Hürtgen, when we had made those, we thought, now we have made it. We can't make anything more. We can't go further than Hürtgen. And then we experienced that we could. We could do the national fire night. We could do another train ride. We could do the summer open class summer. And now we more think that slow TV is just one way of telling a TV story. So you can tell it as a normal documentary, you can tell it in a reality way, you can, and you can also use slow TV as a 
as a, as a TV language uh, so, sort of way of telling a story. And now I think that I think that we can continue doing this with uh, new subjects, with new journeys, uh, and can continue not too often because this this is a kind of an event and it has to be. So once or twice a year, perhaps we can make something special. And we have a really long list of possible subjects, but but it's really important that the things we make program about it should be done properly with high quality should be on TV and it should be about something that people can relate to that's about subject that's has a root in our culture that's that's it's about something important it's something worth telling a story about so the next project now for us is a, it's a climbing story so we want to uh, we want to climb the troll wall it's the highest mountain vertical mountain mina damrahares välkommen om bord då är lugaren på däck 765 ladies and gentlemen welcome on board the cabins on deck 765 are no ready. The the publicity for the climbing minute for minute isn't yet out there, but by November and probably January it will be will it be known? Yeah, probably should be, yes. We yeah. are going we are planning we are planning a meeting now in, in October, November with the people up there, with the authorities, with some climbers, with the uh, uh, medics. <laughs> We want to do it probably from the start, so that we need to have them on because before we. So if you go out there and tell this story that we want to do this, people will say this is mad, and we don't have control about it. So we want to involve the right people from the start, and then we can tell them. Mm-hmm. So uh, during October, November, we have this meeting. So by January, it's it's public, of course. Okay. I wonder how many people will actually join you, climbers and enthusiasts. No, it's uh, the climbing. It's only two people because this is—it's only a handful of people who actually can do this because it's—it's thousand it's meters straight up, vertical. It's actually over. It's a—it's yeah. It's like this. Right. Yeah. It's right. no. It's the Europe's highest vertical wall. So it okay. takes about nine to ten hours to climb that wall, and uh, oh. we want to do it live. And then you, of course. You have the natural cliffhangers all along. So, where did the cliffhanger from? This is the cliffhanger. <laughs> Definitely. So, so there will be. There's actually too much. The uh, cliffhanger is too big. Yeah. To, it's, uh, it's, to to be slow TV. Actually, it's too. It's going to be too ex- too, too much action. Too, too much action. Too exciting. Yeah. So maybe a program about 10-12 hours. And it will be different because we uh, we can't can schedule it because of the weather. Because the, the the wall must be dry, mm-hmm. and there must be uh, sight, so uh, we we can decide maybe a couple of days before that we'll do it. Then we have to have a schedule in the chat on the channel. There. So our commissioning editors have accepted to take this program within a period of seven to ten days. So they have accepted to schedule a program that they don't know when come. So, comes when it's ready. Yeah, comes when it's mm-hmm. ready. So we want you. We want to use that as a 
sometimes during the next week a program will show up. We don't know yet when. And that's going to be a live broadcast? Yeah. Right. Of course. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'd... <laughs> of course, live. Live TV, 10, 12 hours. And, uh, and yeah. that's part of the history. Mm-hmm. It has to be done when it, the weather is so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can't, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, and why not? I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, nothing. Would, they have nothing to lose. It's uh, mm. uh, the other things to put on is uh, uh, this will be in somewhere around June, so it's not high high season for. There's no mm-hmm. lot of new programming, so it's uh, there's ordinary documentaries and uh, things that can be broadcasted later. We come with this one on a Saturday or a Sunday, it won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. It's all planned as it could happen. And, so. and are you climbing as well? No, no, no. He is climbing, yes. yes. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> I think he is. No, there is. We have actually two or three cameramen within our company that actually are climbers as well. So we will have cameras in the wall. But moving, moving cameras in the wall. But they, they will not climb. They will have a line to follow, but they will be in the wall, so it's I, it's definitely not for me. And also, of course, helicopters and camera on the top and uh, telelenses on the other side of the valley, and I guess 10, 11 cameras or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. version of was also shown in the US. Uh, there's a lot of viewers, actually live viewers from the US and UK and Germany, uh, watching on the web, but, uh, but luckily we um, we don't think about that. We, we don't. We're a license-funded yeah. TV company. We don't have to earn money at all, so mm-hmm. we're very happy to not to worry about so we don't have yes. to, we don't the have money to, things about it. No, yeah. we don't have to pitch from the, the commercial uh, side of it to any to mm-hmm. any uh, parties. So it's. Um, do you think a commercial broadcast could ever take up a slow TV idea and, and run with it? Do you yes. think it? <laughs> I think they could if they dare. And they should. They should. <laughs> because, I, because I think uh, more people, I think more people would watch that program when because it stands out. It's so it's so different from everything else. Um, so they will have more viewers than they would have had in original programming, unless it's uh, Pop Idol or, or <laughs> big shows. And I also told the Americans, why don't you, why don't you, because they have these commercial breaks every 10, 20 minutes, I said, why don't you make the commercial live? Why don't you just film out the Mississippi River, and when it's time for commercial, you just pan 30 degrees and do a Coca-Cola commercial, and you just pan back again. Just think <laughs> different yeah. about Think commercial in a new way, and then I, I, I guess it's could be fun. My final question, and I know you're not personally involved with it, but the next Minute for Minute project is the hymn book in Trondheim. Yeah. Do you know anything about that that you could yeah, say it's, that? It's basically the whole the whole book. It's uh, 899 uh, hymns. It's a new official hymn book in Norway. It came last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, uh, that's the history part of it. It's to tell, now we have got a new hymn book. It's like this. And uh, we're going to sing all of the hymns from the 1 to 899. They're going to do it live. They have invited several choirs. I think it, they hope for around 200 choirs to sing continuously from 1 to 899. It, 
we think it will take like 60 hours. We don't know. We haven't done this before. So they start a Friday night and they sing until Sunday evening, the first uh, weekend in December. And uh, it's just going on and on and on. And uh, we'll sing from a church in Trondheim, I think also outside the church, and also some, some singing in different cities in Norway. And then live, of course, mm. as everything. A way of telling um, a story about Hindberg, uh, what's in there. Uh, it's a big part of our culture because it's, it's old songs and it's new ones. So this, um, every Norwegian has some sort of relationship to it, either religious or because it's a nice song. So, um, and this will be a crazy project for those 60 hours and uh, it will also be a very important historic document for the past, no, for the future. For the future. <laughs> and so people can, uh, you can search for that and so on, hem number so and so, you can find the text, you can hear it, so it's, so the, the total of these 60 hours would be a great document to, to keep in the archive. I think we have. Shall we sing one? <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> one at the end of Troll Hunter. <laughs> Troll Hunter? At the end of it, what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know more. Uh, it's one of my favourite films. Than, than we do. <laughs> but I, I like always look at the, always look at the bright side of life. I don't think that's one in. It should have been. It should have been in. Yes. Because it would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life's best when it's a bit strange. Yeah. Which is a great um, motto. Yeah. Repeat that again, please. Life's best when it's a bit strange. That's <laughs> sort of a way of living. Mm -hmm. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking. Yeah, it's a way of. Uh, it's, it's, and I think that's been a. It's, it has been a big uh, part in the, think, the thinking behind Slow TV. Uh, as well, doing something different, doing something that's and so, sort of, yeah, doing the complete opposite of what's known as good TV. And it was something there. We didn't know it was that it would hit like this. Mine damer og herrer, da er lugarene på deck tre klar til inflytting. Ladies and gentlemen, the cabins on deck three is now ready. Mine damer og herrer, the cabine of deck three is ready. Okay. So we had we had no other uh, idea this would hit the week before we aired the uh, the Belgian railway. We, we thought, well, this is strange. This is very strange. This is uh, <laughs> this is weird. This is weird stuff. This uh, is co this could go either way. But what we have said in each slow TV program, we had said, if we if we only get one viewer more than it's normally on that channel, on that time, it's a success. Yeah. So we don't aim too high, we just say... And if you are going to present something new, you have to present something that people couldn't tell that they want. Then you have to come up with something they couldn't express. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the whole idea of coming up with uh, something new. Okay. Anything else you, would, you you feel you would like to add? Anything you feel we, we've missed that you really ought to 
add into what we filmed? I know we'll probably all walk away and think, ah, we could have done yeah. that. But. Just outside, you'll... Yeah. Uh, it's only a 28-minute documentary, so yeah, it's it was it, it, uh, six hours that uh, <laughs> we could have... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's come yeah. up with something, something uh, else. Uh, but if you, want, I can, if you want, I can tell the cow story. Oh, yes, I please. As, as, if, as, as if I see the picture. You can add the picture afterwards if you want. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, because yeah. because when you see when you see this picture, it's a nice picture. And as a TV producer, you will say, "Okay, it's a nice picture. Now you can cut to the next one." And then you have to keep this picture as uh, long as it starts to really hurt in your producer's stomach. And you keep it a little bit longer than that. And when you keep the Pictures so long. I'm sure now you have noticed the cow. You have seen the flag is up. You probably start wondering: Is the farmer at home? Has he left the building? Is he looking after the cow? And where is that cow going? And then you can add some music. And my point is that. Uh, as a viewer, when you keep a picture that long, you start to tell stories in your own head. And you start wondering at things and you start really making the whole content in your own head. And that's slow TV and you have to keep the picture for so long that you start making those stories. So we kept this picture for 10 minutes last summer. Of course, normal programs can't keep it for 10 minutes, but it's getting more and more interesting. That's the that's the idea. Thank you very much. The cow is the core of slow TV. Yeah. Understanding yeah. the cow. Yes. Yeah, so very good example. Ola said that when he took it to the distributor, yeah. um, he said they were they were struggling to get the idea of what slow TV was about. So he used that as the illustration. Yeah. And then the, then the, uh, then the yeah. CEO, whoever or top guys said like that cow's been keeping me awake all completely yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> that damn cow. Kept me awake. No. I had me think. O Ola used a stronger word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, Not, yeah. <laughs> Not one I couldn't, I couldn't be able to use it in my uh, film. <laughs> I used that one, actually. Thank you for listening to this interview. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with future episodes covering the three key aspects of slow TV. The fans, all the kind of discussion of the enjoyment of slow TV. The thinkers, what makes slow TV different? How do people react and treat slow TV? And lots and lots of questions, answers and explorations. And of course, the filmmakers, how slow TV is made by the likes of NRK and by organisations and commercial productions and by those without the budget, staff and tech of a large professional media organisation. I'm on most key social media. Be sure to check out the Slow TV blog, slowtelevision.blogspot.com. All new material, copyright Tim Previtt.